Welcome to the Envision Together, Going to Our Next Level of Best podcast. I'm your host, Pamela Mishana. Join me on this bi-weekly journey of empowerment, where you'll hear hands-on advice from lifestyle experts, educators, authors, spiritual leaders, and many more who will share tips on how to triumph personally, professionally, and spiritually. We explore timely topics such as overcoming anxiety and fear, educating the reluctant student, cultivating lasting relationships, and strengthening our faith. My hope is that the insights offered on the show will help us envision ourselves using our unique gifts and talents on greater levels for greater purposes. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Envision Together, going to our next level of best. Today, I have Donna Patrick with us, and she is such an amazing woman of God. I'm so eager for this interview, and I'm going to just have her go ahead and tell us whatever biographical information she'd like to share with us today. Good afternoon. Actually, I guess it's good morning. Good morning on the West Coast. Pamela, I'm so excited to be with you and thank Mm -hmm. you for having me on. I appreciate you so much. My name is Donna Renee Patrick. You know, I hail from Decatur, Illinois, and I'm from snow country. Christmas without snow to me is so foreign because (laughs) it doesn't snow that often in Texas, but I'm a snow baby and I grew up in a, a wonderful Christian home. My mother taught me about God and how to follow him and how to serve people, how to love people. That's the cloth I'm cut from. And so what I do in ministry right now, I give my mother and God complete credit because God used her to be sure that my sisters and I had a relationship with the Lord. And uh, she was successful at that. Did we want to go all the time? No. My mother saw to it that we developed a relationship with the Lord. And I'm grateful to her for that. Of all the things I could thank my mother for, That is the main thing that I thank her for the most. And right now I live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and uh, I have a long history in corporate America as a paralegal, but my love, my passion is Christian ministry. Praise and worship are two things that I love, that I'm passionate about, that I teach a lot on. You know what else I love, Pamela? And I'm going to get this in my bio. I love classic Westerns. I love them. I love them. God, smoke, Bonanza, all of them. Well, I'm happy to hear that fun fact. And I'm a snow baby. And, uh, you know, it's really, really hot already in Dallas, Fort Worth. So Mm -hmm. I know the calendar says spring, but the temperature says August. I love the Lord, Pamela, and I love helping people. And knowing my purpose is the most important thing in the world to me, knowing what I'm on the earth to do, knowing what God has called me to do and walk in that. I want to save somebody from taking their purpose to the grave with them. So many people have lived and died with their purpose still inside of them. This is what I can say about you. We've only known each other for a short while, 
but I see you all over social media doing just that. You're all over the place. You're at so many events. I think locally for you, as well as you have traveled to some events and you also just get on and do lives. And I can totally see that your life is about inspiring others, about purpose, not just fulfilling your purpose, but igniting a fire in other people to pursue theirs as well. So the scripture says that one who is forgiven of much loves much. I want you to tell me, what does that mean to you as a segue into my next question? My relationship with the Lord, Pamela, is number one for me. That's why I do what I do. And I do have a love for him that I I won't compromise on. You know, God is a multiplier of gifts. When you use one thing for him, well, then he'll give you something else. God can trust you with these different things. And, and, and that so, goes along with the parable of the talent. Absolutely. When the master left, some of them did something with their talents. There was one who buried his in the dirt because he was afraid. I don't know what he was afraid of. The scripture says he buried it because he was afraid. He knew the master was a shrewd man. And so he was afraid, but the others multiplied what the master had left with them. They invested. What I'm doing, Pamela, is investing in other people because I want them to know, first of all, that they have a purpose. God has given them something uniquely to do. Now, somebody else might do the same thing you do, but they don't do it the way that's the difference. All unique. Absolutely. And walking in our own authenticity is the key. Yes, it is. Absolutely. And I really think that that is so important to emphasize because so many people think, well, if so-and-so is already doing this, then I can't do it. There's not space for me. Yes, there is, because you're not going to do it. You're not that person. You're not going to do it the way they do it. You're going to do it your own way, and it's going to be beautiful in a different way, and it'll be appreciated. I think we all have a God-given audience, if you will, people who have an ear to hear how God uses us and speaks through us. Thank you for your take on that. Now I want to attach those same thoughts and concepts to the idea that praise is often born from a place of pain and meditating on how God helped in times of need. So tell my audience about how some of those painful places in your life, past or present, has prompted your praise. That's a loaded question, but it's also (laughs) an easy one for me to answer. Because, Pamela, there have been times when I was in a dark place. Um, I'll give you an example. When I was laid off my job, you know, I can go back a few years. I could also go back a couple of years when the pandemic hit. Like other people, my finances were affected as well. And I didn't know what I was going to do. Now, I was on staff at my church, and they were kind enough to keep paying me during the pandemic. Now, a lot of musician friends of mine got laid off when the pandemic hit. And, and I thought I have another opinion about that. And that's not what this is about. But I was blessed. And we never had to have the conversation. The church leaders came to me. My pastor and the trustees came to me. They said, Donna, don't worry about it. We got you. And I'm grateful for that. I'll say this. I'm on my way to praise. But just real quick, my mother told me years ago when I didn't want to practice my piano, I'm a kid at this time. My mother told me, she said, that piano might be your bread and butter one day. 
I didn't know she was a prophet, but she was right. Because when the pandemic hit and I got laid off my job, that piano was my bread and butter. Yes. And you know what? Just since you brought up your mom in a previous conversation, one of the things I admire the most about you is the way you speak of your mother, your relationship with your mother and sharing so much. I love the stories you share about your mother. It's so admirable, so beautiful, and so needed in the world. Not everyone has these beautiful relationships on that level. Yeah, not everybody can. And and I, I think I mentioned to you in our previous conversation that I can't relate to the person who says, I haven't spoken to my mother in 15 years. I, I can't relate to that. That's not the kind of family we were. We were not the perfect family. Please don't misunderstand. We were not the perfect family. You know, I heard a bishop say once, we're all from dysfunctional families <laughs> on some yeah. level. But we were not the perfect family. We had our issues, but we stuck together. We loved each other. Um, and that's the beautiful thing, that in the face of trials, in the face of disagreements or things that could tear apart, you yeah. still have the wherewithal to continue to love and to continue yeah. to fight for it. Yeah. That's what it really is. I think when we talk about strong families, that's really what we're talking about. We're not saying that it's, it's problem-free. I mean, what area in life is? Even friendships you have to fight for. You know what my mom used to say, Pamela? Uh, speaking of that, she said, teeth and tongue fall out sometimes. At one time or another, you're going to bite your tongue. And it hurts. But you still need them both. You need them both. Absolutely. <laughs> How has your places of pain prompted your purpose? Wow. That's a good question, too. I'm not the same person now that I was two or three years ago when the pandemic began. And I'm not the same person because God spoke so much. God showed me myself. He showed me more of him. I learned through my pain to take my purpose to another level. I remember Bishop Dale Bronner saying something very key. He said, your pain is going to turn into your pulpit. And so I'm, I'm helping people to understand, don't sit on what God has inside of you. Get out there because God gave it to you to use. My purpose hasn't always been helping other people with their purpose. Mm-hmm. That, that's happened in the past couple of years. It really has. And you I know. find that you have to go through something to have something to give. It reminds me of Really, it's uh, a diamond is a piece of coal under pressure. To come forth as this shiny, beautiful thing, it took a, a process that if you'd asked the diamond, maybe it didn't feel so good in that process. Like even the caterpillar turning into the butterfly and breaking out of the cocoon, if you will. Previous conversation, you shared some difficult times when your sister passed away. Did that produce some of the strength that we see today? Absolutely. Pamela, during that time, I delayed my own grief because I was trying to be strong for my mom. But in that process, though, that wasn't a good thing for me because down the road, I went into a horrible state of depression. Just terrible. And I think that's because I delayed my grief. I I had not processed the grief. I think that's where that depression came from. I held it in because I was trying to be strong for my mom. It was a terrible state of depression. And I didn't want to do anything. I, I was just existing. I wasn't living. I was existing. I would just go to work and be there. I was performing under code. I wasn't doing anything. I almost lost my job. 
which I was playing for at the time, I didn't prepare for rehearsals, which wasn't mm-hmm. like at all. I didn't prepare. I didn't bring any new material. I didn't contribute to the rehearsal. I was just there. I just couldn't wait to go home so I can cry. I cried all the time on a daily basis. And eventually I cried so long that this went on for months. And my mother I just want to say that while all losses are are deeply felt, I think one of the things that so impacted you is that it was such a tragic way that she died. And then on top of it, you didn't see it coming. Sometimes if people know that someone's sick, it almost allows you a little bit of time to adjust. So I think people that experience these, I'm going to call it tragic losses. I can understand how that could really have send you spinning. Absolutely. I mean, that was the first time that death had come to our immediate family. This person that I grew up in the house with, slept in the same room with, went to school with, had food fights with, all of that. And then all of a sudden, you know, she's gone. And, And you're absolutely right. The way it happened was just as bad as the happening itself. No chance to say goodbye. No chance to say I love you. No chance to prepare for this. Got a phone call and said she's been the victim of a crime. And that was that's all we had to go on. That's all we had. We had no time to prepare. And I didn't know how I was going to tell my mom. I didn't have the words because I found out before she did. I didn't have the words to tell her that she's going to have to bury her first child. But let me tell you how God worked it out. We're all at the house. One of the people at the house was my pastor or the church I was serving in at that time. And I told him, I said, Pastor, I don't know how to tell her. I don't know what I'm going to say. Do you know that my pastor took my mother and me and a couple of other people into another room of the house in private? He shut the door. And my pastor told my mother what happened from one parent to another. He told her and he did it with such wisdom and with such grace and with such compassion. I didn't have to tell her. My pastor did that. He took on that responsibility. But I will never forget him for that. That's beautiful. He helped you in such a difficult time. And, you know, as I'm listening to you, I'm reflecting on, you know, I lost my brother. He's two years older. And when I lost him, I spiraled into a terrible depression. Different circumstances. He had an illness and we had, I guess, more time to see it coming. And especially when you come from a close-knit family. I really hate to categorize any form of loss like that because it's so unique to the individual. I think we all experience this so differently. And I think all of the ways are valid. No right way to grieve. I can tell you how long to grieve. I think it's hurtful to tell someone you should be over it by now. Because as you said, grief is a very individual thing. How does that experience, though, do you think it's impacted you anyway? What When you're leading people in praise, do you ever reflect on some of these places and it put a sort of fighting you because we know praise is lifting God up, but praise is like, you can be kind of militant in praise too, (laughs) like get a breakthrough. I like how you put that. I think we should be militant in our praise sometimes because Pamela, sometimes praise is painful. There's a chapter in my second book, I believe the chapter is called a painful praise. Mm -hmm. 
And sometimes your praise is painful because you're thinking about what I'm going through, how I'm hurting. I'm I'm messed up. I'm broken. I'm going through a dark time in my life. That's when we get militant. I like that. Yes. It's it's a common saying, but you literally praise your way through. And if you persist long enough in that stance, you actually do find yourself coming out on the other side. And And it's amazing. It's it's almost like a miracle. (laughs) You find your friend. There really is. I know we say that a lot, but there really is power in your praise. There really is. Now, will praise make your problem go away? Not necessarily, but it'll give you the peace you need. I love that you said peace because I was thinking a mind shift. Praise can actually help you have a mind shift. And people who are not used to it, one way we can help them relate to it is even if you listen to a positive secular song when you're going through a difficult time, it's something about that music, the words, meditating on, on the situation differently, perhaps. You can even have a mental shift. Completely agree. So when praise is taking place, it's a similar thing, but at the same time, honoring God for helping me. Pamela, that's exactly what praise does. It honors him. And, and because you're honoring him, you're honoring the one who can make your problem go away. Praise, you're honoring God because he's the one who can fix it. He's the one who can bring you out of that state, darkness that you're in. That's why you don't stop praising just because you're going through something. Because God is still God. He's still God. And I can tell this is a topic we could talk about all day. So we both together, we have a lot of information about this because I keep listening to you and I keep thinking of more things I could say. But I want to ask you another question. I actually threw this in last night when I was thinking about our interview today. I thought of many different ways that I might pose this question, but what I finally settled on is that window in your life can be represented as a type of crushing, like olives being crushed for oil or grapes being crushed for wine or clay being crushed to be made into a new beautiful vessel. But after the crushing, there's a sweet smelling fragrance that's released in your life. So my question to you is what would you say is your aroma in this season in your life? Wow, what a great question. I would say, you know, you can go back to that diamond that starts as a piece of coal and all the pressure. God has taken the pressure and he's turned it into peace. He's turned it into contentment. He's turned it into making me the person who can now trust him when before I was trusting me. Well, now I'm trusting him. To answer your question, Pamela, I think it would be trust. Where I used to be, which was, for lack of a better term, panic. So your aroma that's going up to God as you praise and worship him or lead others in doing it is a fragrance of trust. If trust had a smell, that's your aroma. That's great. You know what else I was thinking of while you were talking when you first reflected on the diamond? I'm still thinking of what is being sent up from you to God in this hour. And what I saw when you talked about the diamond, the first thing that popped in my mind is 
something sparkly, shiny, literally. So I said, okay, when you're praising and worship and leading others in praise and worship, there's sparklies floating up to heaven. So you have a way with words, my sister. <laughs> I no. think I just invented a couple of them. <laughs> but I think people will get what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am. And I know they are as well. My first book at all times, I wrote that book to let people know they still have a reason. When all hell's breaking through in your life and you don't know why, you don't know where you are, you can't find God, you can't see him, you don't feel like he's speaking to you, he's not talking to you at this time. I wrote that book to let people know you still have a reason. I know you're going through this darkness. I know you're going through a rough time, but you still have a reason. Quick story. I was in the yard one day, I was cutting the grass. And I'm going through a rough time. Mm -hmm. And I'm out there, I'm cutting the grass, I'm in the backyard. This was all on my heart. I stopped the mower and I looked up, I said, God, why? Just like that. And do you know he answered me that quick? He said, Because I'm teaching you to teach. Remember when you prayed and asked me Mm. to teach me so I can teach others? God brought that back to my remembrance. He said, Because I'm teaching you to teach others. You can't teach anybody what you've never been through yourself. I limited that in my prayers. I'm talking about a class or a a book or something. That's how limited I was in my thinking. But God was showing me there's a bigger picture here. Girl, we all do that. God will speak something and it's so much broader than we can wrap our minds around in that moment. And I've certainly had God illuminate the meaning of what he said to me uh, beyond where my mind was trying to uh, guess, put borders on. But I have to say this, it's so true. And I think anybody, whether they're a Christian or not, if they really, really think about it, you have lessons in life, but if you pay attention to what you've learned, you have valuable information that you can pass on. And I believe that we trust God to help us pass it on by his anointing. And I also want to say that, you know, I had an epiphany at a certain point in life where I had to accept something. We are all here for each other. The Bible says that we are a body and we're jointly fit together. And the hand can't say to the foot, I have no need of thee. And the thing is, I had to accept that it's possible for me to be called to go through something terrible that I would not sign up for. I'd rather not have happen, even for the sake of others. Now, does it produce a work in me that turns out for my good? Yes. But I had to come to a point or a realization in life, is it enough if I learn this lesson so I could help somebody else? And I had to come to the point where I could say yes to that. It's worth it. Another person is worth it. I hear you. We talk a good talk about, you know, I love everybody. My purpose is to help people. Servant leadership is almost a cliche right now. But living that out for real is an interesting thing. It is. And and I think you're absolutely right. You know, it's like a catchphrase now. Servant leadership. And and I think also, I'm walking in my purpose. Mm -hmm. Okay. If we're not careful, that's a catchphrase too. Yes, it's so true. If we're not careful, because purpose has a downside to it. 
Mm-hmm. You mentioned a while back, just a moment ago, process. There is a process. <laughs> There's a preparation. There's a pain that we've already talked about. But God promises that he will never leave us as we walk out what he's called us to do. And something else I want to share, Pamela, that you mentioned yeah. a moment ago as well. You mentioned about going through things to help somebody else. It's not always about us. It's not always about my situation. God is sending me through this. So one day down the road, I'm going to be able to help somebody else come out of their darkness. Yes. And do you know, there's times when I've gone a time of or season of suffering. And while I was yet in the middle of that season, suffering myself, God put it in my heart and not just put it in my heart. Someone approached me and asked for my help. And I thought to myself, oh my goodness, how can I help this person in the face of what I'm going through? But do you know, that was my answer. As I helped this other person, I saw my situation turn around. Wow. What if that person had come to you and you were so into your own situation, refused to help them? What what if that had been the case? When you love people, sometimes that is what will call you out of your own misery. You see a person in need and you stop focusing and magnifying your own problems. Yeah, And you, you find yourself being there for someone else. And I think it's kind of like the concept of giving and receiving. When you give, God gives back to you. So I gave her of myself, my time, my prayer, whatever was happening. We, we read books. And so God gave a return to me, which was, I also was coming out of my problem. Because you sold into that person. So God is such a beautiful God. We don't always understand it. Yeah. He says, my ways are not your ways and my uh-huh. thoughts are above your thoughts. And they really are. But yeah. at, at, a, at a certain point in the journey, sometimes he gives us a little glimpse into his thinking and we say, wow, okay, I get it. You know, Pamela, when you go to the opera or to the symphony, mm-hmm. you know, how they have an overture. The overture is the preview of what's coming. And when you go to the movies, we have to endure 20 minutes of previews. Yeah. What's coming. No, they're not out yet. Right. But they're us snippets. I believe that's what God does. That's a good way to look at it. God, yeah. God gives us previews of coming attraction. And it really does. In the end, it turns out good. All things work together for your good. You have these little snippets or, or glimpses of things bad or good. But in in the end, if you persist, if you press through, it turns out beautiful. And sometimes beautiful is that you have changed inwardly. You're a better person inwardly. That's more valuable than those outward things we tend to um, really beg them for. Pamela, I could not have said that better myself. You know, so often we look for stuff Fat bank accounts, and we think that's what blessing is. Blessing is a fat bank account. Blessing is stuff in the house, and you know. Right. But it's so no. No, I I like the way you said that. It's so no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's there's so much more to it. I mean, I can have a whole bunch of money in the bank, but still be spiritually bankrupt. Exactly. And let me just tell you this. You cannot put a price on peace. 
Ooh, if girl. you ask me to choose between my car or my house and peace, peace is going to win every time. Girl. Now, do I want to have it all? Yes. But the driver of it all, if you have inner peace, if your inner self is okay, yes. all the rest of that will naturally come. But I'm telling you, peace, you can't put a price on that one. Those are the true riches, the most valuable. Yeah. Who wants to be rich but losing your mind? Oh, girl. Listen, I, can I just give a, a short example of on that very same line, watching a repeat of Little House on the Prairie. And Charles and Carolyn went back to their high school reunion. And so, of course, it's been years since they've seen these people. Well, they get there and it, it looks great. They're dressed well and they got money and everything just seems to be wonderful and all this. Well, Charles and Carolyn have a farm, but this is what happened. They found out on the trip that the people who look so good on the outside were miserable. Yeah. They were keeping up appearances, trying to impress people. Nothing feels better than they, when you are just okay with being you. Yeah, and, and that's exactly where the story came to. You know, and back at the hotel... Carolyn's upset because she was so disappointed at what they found out. But Charles said, Carolyn, you know, it's better. And this is the point I'm making about peace. He said, Carolyn, it's better to live in a shack with somebody you love Mm. than in a mansion Mm. with somebody you don't. That is real. They had peace in their farm. On the prairie, their little house, their yeah. family, you know, going to work every day. They had peace, seemed to have everything, and they didn't. They had no peace. Well, I love that show. <laughs> I watched that in childhood, and it does teach a lot of valuable things. But I want to say this, too. Yes, everything we're saying is absolutely right. But I also want to posit that when you have peace, God is going to make sure that you also have other possessions. It just starts from the inside out. I'm not trying to tell people out there that if you trust in God, you're vowing to a life of poverty or something like that. Although I'm telling you, if you got to choose, I'm going with peace. But I I know a God that does it all. I would like you to tell us briefly a little bit about the Unperfect Seven and how these principles came about. And if you want to even just break it down to the two or three most important you want to share, however you want to do it. I'll be quick. Let me give you the seven. Then we'll, we'll pick a couple out of there. Number one, anxiety and worry. Number two, fear. Mm-hmm. Number three, scarcity mindset. Number four, limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. Number five, not accepting fully who God created you to be, hating on myself, bullying myself. Right. And number seven is living beneath the greatness that God has already put in you. Pamela, I'll talk about just a couple of them. Fear, fear of moving forward, fear of walking in your purpose, fear of what people will say, yeah. that kind of thing. Fear that you won't be, fear of rejection, fear mm-hmm. that people won't accept your message. Well, yeah. Second Timothy 1 and 7 says, but God did not give us the spirit of fear. So if you're walking in fear, know that that's not of God. 
Yeah. Oh God, that's just an enemy trying to stop you. And then let's talk about. You know what? I want to ask you about. Can you elaborate on number five? That one stood out to me. Not accepting fully who God created you to be. Mm-hmm. That one. Yes. You know, Deuteronomy chapter twenty-eight tells us that we're blessed. Mm-hmm. We're blessed coming and going. We're blessed coming in, going out. God will bless everything our hands touch. When we walk in obedience to Him, that's the caveat. That's the caveat. When we walk in obedience, God will bless everything that we do. And God has made us the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. We've got to accept that. That's who we are. Yeah. That's who God made us to be. God said we are the head and not the tail. Do you know why I wanted to hear you elaborate on that? It's because so many of us go through life. I mean, not just young people confused about who they are and what they can do and whether or not they can do. There's middle-aged people. There's people who are elderly who never figured that out. And we don't want that for anybody. We strive to to live that out each day. And one of our messages as, as inspiring people toward purpose is helping people understand, like when God said to Moses, what's in your hand? He saw it as simply a staff, but everybody has been given something that's in your hand that you very well may be looking at as simply a staff. We know what that staff went on to accomplish. Yes. You acknowledge that you have gifting. Stop saying you don't have a gift. You do. Yes, you do. Stop belittling the gifts that's been given to you and share yes, it. You do. It's in your hand. You have it. God already put it in you. Mm-hmm. God put those riches in you. It's all in what we do with it. Goes back to when we were touching on the parable of the talents. Yes. Don't hide your talent. Let the world see your talent. Absolutely. So anybody out there with low self-esteem and who is belittling themselves, we together encourage you, stop it. Just stop it. it. You have something of value. Every single human being does. Yes. Every man, woman, and child has a God-given purpose. And Pamela, you touched on this a moment ago as well. I guess we've touched on it for this whole while. Your purpose is not just for you. That's how you know that it's from God. What you're saying is your purpose is all about me, me, me. It's not from God. Right. Because your God-given purpose is going to lead you to serve others. Can and I say your personal life story gives you clues? What have you had to make it through? What angers you about the way things are done? If you were bullied, are you mad that you were bullied? And what can you do to help other people who were bullied? Exactly. That could be the key to starting your own business. There you go. Writing a book in yeah. a way that nobody else could. Yes, uh, lots of people have been bullied. Lots of people shared their story, but not necessarily through your perspective or how you would rationalize. You know, you hear a lot of things about stories about bullies and so forth, but it may be out there, but I haven't run across it, is understanding even the bully has a bully inside of them too. Hurt people hurt people. So sometimes when I look at a bully, and sometimes a a bully could be an adult who's just verbally abusive at work or wherever, I do look back, although I don't like it and I stand up for myself, I do look inside that person and say, what must have happened to you? 
That allows me to say a sincere prayer. Can I say something about bullying, being your own bully? Can I say something about that? Yes. You know, nobody was bullying me. I don't have anybody bullying me. I was the bully. I was telling myself, it was the enemy's voice saying to me, they're not going to hear you. Nobody wants to hear what you have to say. They're not listening to you when you lead worship. They don't want to read your books. They, they don't want to, they don't want to, you're not, you're not. Stop. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, it does. It does. And if you keep listening to that. Right. But no. That's an important point that you brought out. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, sometimes you can bully yourself like I did. That's what I was doing. I did it for years. Pamela, I did it for years. I spent years bullying myself. What you haven't done, what you haven't gotten accomplished. I was much too focused on what I hadn't done as opposed to what I had gotten accomplished. And, and I was bullying myself and I had to stop. God said stop. Donna, I'm loving this conversation, but I got to get to the last final question that I ask every guest. Which one final gem can you leave with our audience today? Uh, It's the single most important idea shared that if people don't remember anything else that we've talked about today, you want them to hold on to this and it'll help them get to their next level best. Let me say this. It's not too late. It's not too late. Love it. No matter what you've been through, no matter how old you are, no matter how you feel like you're outside of, no, it's not too late. Um, Ask God to give you the direction that you need and he'll give it to you. He'll give it to you. It's not too late. Wonderful. And I love the way you inspire people about not dying with their purpose inside of them. Don't be afraid to leave their comfort zone and it's never too late. I love it. And we, you know, we talked about, I think at a, a different time, how Miles Monroe said that the cemetery is the richest place on earth. I think it reminded me of that. And I think that's a beautiful way for us to, to end it. Don't let your gifts be buried with you. So Donna, I am so honored that you agreed to be a guest on my show. I love all the things that you've shared, your energy, your spirit toward people. And I think we have done a collaboration today that are going to help somebody somewhere. So what information do you want to share with my guests about how they might contact you? What do you want to just tell them quickly verbally about how they can connect with you? They can go to my website, Pamela, DonnaReneePatrick.com, and Renee is spelled R-E-N-A-Y. They can visit me on Facebook. My, my social media handles are the same across all the networks. Donna Renee Patrick MA on Facebook, same on LinkedIn. They can find me there. And you can certainly send me an email if you choose to, to DonnaReneePatrick at gmail. I'd be happy to talk with you. Wonderful. And I know you do beautiful work helping others as you are a leader, not just praise leader at your church, but you literally teach others how to lead praise. It's a fire in me, Pamela. Let's share this as well. I want to make an offer to your listeners. Anyone who reaches out to me and I will send you my calendar, I'd be happy to offer 20 minutes of free coaching. To anyone who needs guidance on finding their purpose, having clues into what their purpose is, I'll be happy to give them 20 minutes of free coaching with that. 
just get on my calendar, contact me, and we can make that happen. To All your right. And I want to encourage people to get your books too. We'll have information again in the show notes, but um, there's a lot of things that they can glean from you. Lots of different ways that they can um, get that information. So thank you so much, Donna. I appreciate it. Having me on Pamela, the honor has been mine. Thank you, my sister. Well, friends, thanks for joining me for another episode of the Envision Together going to our next level of best podcast. I hope today's topic inspired you to envision a brighter future getting to your next level of best and to urge others to reach theirs as well. If you are encouraged by today's episode, subscribe and share it with your family and friends. Also, please write a review. It will help me to reach a wider audience with a message of hope and inspiration. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram and share your thoughts about today's episode. Until next time, envision the future you want to see.